Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Good evening. Hello. And welcome to the Scotley continuing takeover of Wild Ginger Running on a Wednesday evening. Uh, it's great to have so many of you coming joining us this evening. How's your week been, Jen? <laughs> Always same as ever. Excellent. It's kind of know. like lockdown. Brilliant. Uh, thank you for all your kind of comments and feedback on last weekend's interview um, with Moira. Uh, yeah, it was a great chat with her. And uh, being called running royalty hasn't changed as much at all, really, has it? Other than I now ask you to call me His Royal Highness. But that's okay. You ignore me on that one. So I'll, you know, in my head. I'll just have that, that, that running along. And also people commenting, if you put the subtitles on, the Mourn Mountains are now turned to the Moran Mountains. Um, so a uh, bit of a change going on there. Good evening, John. Well, thanks for joining us. So who have we got on tonight? Enough of our kind of royalty banter. We've got Eileen Jones on talking about her new book. Congratulations on your new book come out, which is called How Parkrun Changed Our Lives. Good evening, Eileen. How are we doing? Good evening, Jen and Marcus. And it's lovely to see there is still a wild ginger in charge of well, <laughs> ginger in charge of the operations. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, the baton obviously had to get handed over to another yeah. another ginger. Maybe I'm more more wild than than Claire. But uh, yeah, whereabouts are you at the moment? I'm in Ambleside at home. Oh well, that's not bad, is it? To be not bad, not bad. It's been a very, be a very, very good place to be stuck in lockdown for the past year. So, if there was anywhere else in the world, you know. Sorry, we'll all be back there soon. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're battening down the hatches now. <laughs> um, we've just had a message from Duncan saying evening, and he's got your book to hand. Does that oh, mean no. you've read it yet, or has he just got it? <laughs> He's going to wait and see what, what it sounds like. <laughs> so, yeah, so who, who is our wonderful guest, Eileen, who kind of, who's yes, up in Ambleside? Sorry. So she is up in Ambleside, and journalist, author, publicist, um, everything, really. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, we've got some great photos you sent us of an illustrious fell running career, but clearly things are now a little bit more down in the valley for um, Park Run. Oh, Marcus has already just gone straight in with your Fell Runner cover girl shot from June 1989. It <laughs> was taken by the wonderful Pete Hartley, who was a very, very dear friend. And um, I just love that photo. And it was wonderful because by the time that photograph appeared on the cover of the Fell Runner, I was about eight months pregnant and I was huge. And we went back to the gate that I'm coming through on that bell race and um, could, the, a couldn't get you through. Get through the gate. <laughs> Which bell race is it? It's the Bolsworth Hill. Um, it's over between Burnley and um, White Collar. And what vest are you wearing there? What, what Clayton Limores. I'm still a member of Clayton Limores Harriers. 
although I don't really race very often these days, but that's my club. <laughs> Brilliant. And so have you done lots of Bob Grahams? Because Clayton are quite well known for their Bob <laughs> well, Graham trips, aren't they? I, I never wanted to do the Bob Graham myself, but I have been involved in a lot of um, Bob Graham efforts. I've, I've got quite a reputation as being a good road support. <laughs> 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 I wonder where that comes from. Yeah. That's a good reputation to have, though, because the support crew is, like, absolutely vital. Yeah, I I love it. There's nothing I like better than taking off the dirty socks of strange men at (laughs) (laughs) roadside. That wasn't quite what I was expecting, but there we go. We all all have that. What happens in those late district (laughs) lay-bys? Thank you. Stays in those lay Well, I think I should also say like about our first meeting, um, which was in the Lake District and was halfway up a mountain. No, an armadillo was involved. (laughs) Oh, it was just—it was magic. It was the most wonderful day. Um, This fantastic friend of mine called Chris Routledge. um, He and I are both great fans of Arthur Ransom, as uh, Jen is as well. And we organised a marathon reading of Swallows and Amazons a few years ago on the shores of Coniston to mark some anniversary or other. Um, And then, you know, it worked so well, we thought we must do another one of these. So we decided to do Pigeon Post up at the Copper Mines Youth Hostel. Um, And Jen and I stayed over and Jen read a chapter. if anybody didn't turn up because I think there were some hold-ups that people had been not able to get through maybe trains had been delayed it was um, really bad weather wasn't it like we were we were really lashing down with rain but we were all cozy inside the youth hostel and Chris had managed to find a toy armadillo to bring along um, because an armadillo features if you haven't read Pigeon Post by Arthur Ransom an armadillo features quite strongly and it was just a magical day we after that, we we did another one during lockdown. Um, last year, we did the Picks and the Martyrs, which is all about people hiding and being secretive anyway. So it was perfect for, for lockdown. Um, yeah. yeah, we're planning another one. We're hoping to do Winter Holiday. So we're looking for a venue to read the whole of Winter Holiday, chapter by chapter. But yeah, fantastic. It was, fantastic. It was so good. Yeah, and we had, there were some children's children staying there that hadn't come across the books and they were kind of fascinated yeah. weren't they and, yeah. uh, they were yeah. they were still yeah. there when I left yeah <laughs> so yeah that was our first meeting <laughs> not, so, not so much muddy socks but a strange armadillo <laughs> involved fantastic so congratulations on your book which is called how parkrun changed our lives and I found this book just such a celebration of all things park run and although I'm not a park runner I have done a few um, but I'm uh, well I'm not <laughs> I'm definitely not into double figures I don't think but um well I'm really inspired now both with the um the running of it and the volunteering and I just absolutely loved hearing just everybody's stories so how did this book come about uh, well, it, it's a storybook, basically. I love stories. And I'd been a storyteller all my life as a writer, as a journalist. And um, I'd done a lot of park run tourism, going up, off to strange places like Brockwell Park. Um, <laughs> we were just talking about that. That's where I used to live. <laughs> uh, 
I would come back to Fellfoot, which is my home base, and tell my friends there about the people I'd met and what these different park runs were like. And they would say, oh, you should write all this down. You should write a book. And I kept saying, no, it's been done before or somebody else will do it. No, no, I haven't got the time. And then, of course, you know what happened a year ago? Everything shut down. And my job, I have my own PR business. I promote tourism and heritage organizations in the Lake District, none of which have been open since. And everything went, you know, all my work went literally overnight. So I spent a few months whinging and moaning to anybody who would listen to me about how fed up I was and what was I going to do. And my younger son, David, um, said, you should write another book, Mum. I had I had written one book years and years ago. And I said, well, no, I don't know. And then suddenly one morning I woke up with this line in my head, which ended up being the first sentence of chapter one about um, Park Run being a bit like a religion that we used to go to church on a Sunday and we would commune together, we would congregate together, we would share a, a liturgy and a litany that was familiar and celebrate each other's lives and achievements and go away feeling better about ourselves. That describes Park Run on a Saturday. So having got that one sentence, one idea in my head, the rest of it virtually wrote itself. I just thought, yeah, I'm going to do this. And, um, yeah, I, I have I have times in my life when I think I'm going to do something, no matter how preposterous the idea, uh, which I'll tell you more about when we talk about the relay. <laughs> and I made it happen. I just made The wonderful thing was that everybody I spoke to said, what a fantastic idea, and yes, of course, we'll help. You know, and that's everybody from the founder himself, Paul Sinton Hewitt, in my approach, and said, well, I'd like to do this. And he said, great, you know, what do you need? Um, right down to every person who's ever done a park run and done something unusual, the old, the young, you know, the man who runs it backwards, the man who can't see because he's blind. But the wonderful blind man, Dave Williams, um, he runs with his uh, guide runner, Bex, and she's dyspraxic, so she doesn't always know her left from her right. So he said, between us, we're a right pair. He can't see where he's going. He doesn't know which way to turn. And so it was just stories. They yeah. came tumbling in, and I just wrote them down. And it wasn't difficult at all. Oh, because it really felt like there was a lot of... Re well, it felt like there was loads of research, like in terms of... You yeah. have so many people in that book, and I was thinking that must have been fairly... Well, was it hard to do during COVID where you couldn't move around or was um, it all just done on the phone and well yeah I, I, there were times when I would have very much liked to talk to people in real life I've never ever liked phone interviews or I've never done anything like this or, or zoom or anything before covid um but yeah I did have to speak to people on the phone mostly um, there were very few I could meet in person and yes there was a lot of research but it was a joy it was an absolute <laughs> joy because I I know how much Park Run means to me, but I don't think I realised quite what Park Run was until I started doing the book. I didn't realise how important it was um, as an entity, as, as a community. It's, it's much more than just a running event. And that became more and more apparent. And I'm an obsessive. I'm quite happy to admit that. Brilliant. And it's, we've got so many people kind of joining us live. So. 
if you are watching this live and you've got some parkrun stories you want to share with us um, <laughs> please do so we can hear even more kind of parkrun stories and we're aware that we've got even Kurt who's joining us from over in the, in America and um, there might be some people who don't know what parkrun is you know they might go well what is, what is I mean you know if you're a runner you've almost got to be kind of maybe living under a hermit and this sort of thing if you don't know what parkrun is but what, what, what is parkrun and, and can you give us a quick kind of how did it all start you know because we're using this word term parkrun are we yeah. just running around the park or yeah um it's a free event every saturday morning or at least it was until the pandemic and will be again very soon nine o'clock saturday morning in scotland and in ireland you get an extra half hour in bed they start at nine <laughs> typical scots do i love that yeah absolutely uh it's you, you, you sign up for it you have to join by signing up and registering and you get an individual barcode which you download you print off um and you carry that with you and that is it you then turn up at any event anywhere in the world nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and set off running 5k you can walk it you can jog it you can run it fast if you want you can run with your dog or with your children you can run with kids in a buggy uh, you can go run it backwards you can run in <laughs> posh posh shoes and a shirt and tie like Dennis at Brockwell Park um, <laughs> yeah. and w when you finish uh, your time is recorded your number is recorded Within an hour or so, you get um, a very, very detailed result, and it gives you your time, your position, your age category position, how much better you've done since last time, what um, age grade, you, the percentage grading for your age. Fantastic amount of um, data goes into it. And it started in two, uh, 2004 in Bushy Park, Paul Sinton Hewitt was a runner who was injured. He was feeling a bit low. He was he'd been out of contact with his friends because he was injured and sort of suffering a bit of depression. And thought if he organised something on a Saturday morning to bring his running pals together, then at least he would see them and have contact with them. So he started a time trial around Bushy Park of 5K. I think there were 13 runners at the first one. And then he said to everybody, I'm doing this every week, forever. And then the idea spread two or three years before it went anywhere else. I think Wimbledon Common was the next one. And now there are park runs in 22 different countries and 7 million people have registered to do it. That's amazing uh, numbers. And, and it's changed everybody's lives. Brilliant. And just before we get on to some of those stories, can we talk a little bit about your book launch? Now we've heard where where it started, because obviously you're not just, you know, going to put a little post on social media and that's that. I mean, can you tell us what you're doing to launch the book? It sounds yeah. amazing. Well, you know, a book launch is usually you, go, you have a signing in a bookshop or something like that. And I thought that by the time my book came out, Park Run would be up and running again. So I said, oh, well, we'll do a book launch at a Park Run. And people said, well, will it be your home one? And it fell foot. And I said, no, no, I'd like it to be at Bushy Park where it all started. And then, of course, Park Run isn't going to be starting until June. So I just no, Lucy was, I think, was, uh, Chloe. Chloe was asking, any, ins any inside information? Maybe. About when it would start up again was one of the questions we had. <laughs> June the 5th. 
June the 5th. Ah, there you go, all, Chloe. All doing well, June the 5th. Um, so I thought, I'd, well, let's still see if we can get the book to Bushy Park. And I got this idea in my head about a relay what, by post? to Bushy <laughs> over seven days. And I thought, well, how can we do this? And again, it was like the writing of the book. Once I get an idea, it's just going to happen. I had one friend who is a Parkrun ambassador. That's one of the senior volunteers who oversees other Parkruns. I'd met her a couple of times at Parkruns um, in Cheshire. And I had a word with her and I said, what do you think? Do you, you know, do you think we can get people together? And she was so up for it. Eve Taylor, honestly, she's the most amazing woman. Um, when Paul Sinton Hewitt becomes president, I want Eve Taylor as prime minister. We're going to, we're going to run the world book. We're in the country on part of my So we then re we split the co well. A, a fantastic woman called Liz Wakelin, who is great with maps. She found she organised a route because I kind of knew where Bushy Park was if I drove down there, but I'd no idea where you went if you wanted to go on foot. So she found a map, and then we um, recruited organisers for each section of the country over seven days, and then between us we um, recruited. 105 different runners of whom I think 91 have now finished because it's just finished today at Aylesbury and tomorrow is the last day. So we set off last Friday um, from Fellfoot and I was carrying a copy of the book for Paul Sinton Hewitt to give to him when we get there because he's, he's up for this, you know, he said, oh, of course I'll be. Um, I set off running and I handed over to somebody who handed over to somebody else and at the end of the day... The book went to bed for the night. In the meantime, we got in touch with, well, James Thurlow kept, got in touch with us. You know James who does open tracking for all of the course, big events? Yeah. yeah. And he offered the use of a tracker, and he and um, Eve Taylor created um, an interactive map. So the tracker and the book are in a little um, a rucksack that we customised. <laughs> My friend Joe Jackson customised it and it's on its way down. So, yeah, I've been following it ever since I've parted with it on, on Friday. So we can actually track tomorrow the we final leg of the, um, the, the book launch. It's just been such a joy, honestly. <laughs> People have embraced it. and they want to, Everybody wants to be part of something again. You know, throughout the last year, sure, we can all go out for a run. And those of us who live up here can go out for a run mm. in beautiful areas. But it's not like being part of something, you know, whether it's a race or a part run or an event. And everybody who's come on board just says it's been wonderful to feel part of something bigger than themselves again. And people have smiled. People have had fun. And, you know, fun has been in, a sh in short supply the last 12 months, hasn't it? It's yeah. just been awful. And suddenly everybody's having a ball and they're happy. And, and I've just been walking around with a big grin on my face for the last... I've, I've been sitting staring at the computer screen for <laughs> where's, where's it got to? Oh! <laughs> I think that really encapsulates kind of the whole spirit of park run and the joy that comes yeah. across in your book that it isn't yeah. just running around a park and one thing like you go into detail about the the volunteers and that side and the social aspect of it the health yeah. aspects i mean it just seems to touch so many areas of people's lives yeah yeah, yeah. and it's not it's not something that's just for people who can run fast or people who look good in lycra it's for anybody and you just see all shapes and sizes you see all ages really slow people um that that lovely couple who were um in the book josie and conrad um 
they have been coming to Park Run since it started at Fellfoot and they volunteer and run alternate weeks. And they're 85 and they, they um, celebrated their diamond wedding anniversary by running across the line together. Um, and Josie, some, well, she kind of mostly walks it now, but she's not always at the back. And then we've got people like Ben Abdelnour, you know, who's won loads of Lake District races and championships. <laughs> and he goes along to, to Park Run to do some speed work and he's horrified to find himself <laughs> beaten by 12-year-old kids. <laughs> I know, I love that in the book where he says, well, it, it doesn't matter, but it really does matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there for everybody. And because it's free and it's fun. And the thing is also, when you finish everybody is still there waiting for you there's there's lots and lots of unwritten rules maybe they are written down somewhere about part run it's got to be inclusive and it's got to be kind and generous and you don't move a single marshal out of position or a single flag until the very last person is back you know i finished fell races so so late in the day that everybody except the timekeeper's gone home you know and they're sort of sitting <laughs> nodding off on a, on a camp chair <laughs> Everybody waits and everybody cheers in the very, very... And there's never a last person because we have a tail a tail runner or a tail walker who goes around at the back anyway. So nobody's ever last. It's just wonderful. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean interesting saying how, how, how wonderful. And like in the book, you you liken it to, to religion. And, yeah. um, I mean, I, I spent kind of five years working as, as a minister in a church as a youth pastor. Really? So. Yeah, and I, stu- I, stu- I studied theology, and I kind of, yeah. um, and and it is interesting when you talk about you know running and belonging yeah. to something. Um, yeah. But so, but so, but what do you think it is about draw? Do you think it is because it is that all inclusive, and because of the setting and the, and the distance, what draws yeah. up to you know people find this is so, you know there is no elitism, there's no numbers, is yeah. there? What? Yeah. How would you kind of think? Right, this. Is- I think it's. I think it's a combination of all those factors, Marcus. I think that um, because it's a manageable distance that most people can manage 5K, three miles, and mm. um, that you can walk it if you want to, but most people, even if they start off walking, want to have a go at it. The fact that it's free, the fact that families can go along, the fact it's on a Saturday when quite often races are you know, on a, a Sunday, it's nine o'clock in the morning, so you've got the rest of your day to do other things with yeah. your family or your friends. Um, I think all of those things together, um, but it's really interesting because we had, um, as you'll know from the book, uh, I talked to quite a lot of ministers, clerics of various religions, and, um, you know, they, they've got their own views of about this, but they all say that the church could learn a lot from Park Run about how it welcomes people in, and especially um, the Reverend Matt Gilder, he's the curate in Lancaster, whom I quote in the book, and he actually took part in the relay. He was our um, first leg runner on day two, and he set off from his church in Lancaster wearing his dog collar, but his, his part run T-shirt over it. Um, and he did 11 miles, and then I said, do you want me to come and pick you up and give you a lift back? No, no, I'll run back. I'm training for a marathon. Um, but he says that, you know, he, obviously there is something missing as a, he as a christian said there is something missing that you know that the person of jesus christ is what's part of a church he said but otherwise the church could learn an awful lot about how strangers newcomers people who come on their own are welcomed 
And I've found that because I've been to park runs all over the place, you know, London and elsewhere. And I often go on my own and you just walk along and see somebody in a high-vis vest and say, hi, can you tell me what the route's like? And within five minutes, you've got a friend for life, you know. Um, they are they are incredibly welcoming. Um, and it, and it, they've made a point of being like that. It, it's They're just tactful, diplomatic, kind. It's kindness. It's mm. kindness. And for anybody that hasn't been to a park run, how do how do we get involved? So if you register online and get a barcode, which you print off, yeah. is it, or can you use yeah. it on yeah. your phone? Um, no, you can't get it on your phone. You have to have, no, you have to print it off. So you've, got, you've got either a piece of paper which you can laminate and carry with you, or you can have your barcode printed onto a card or a, a wristband. Yeah. So we're um, just having some. It's okay, we couldn't hear a little bit of that, but we're all right, I'm carry gonna, on. I'm going to take your airpods yeah, And then I was just going to check how, what happens so that I have the confidence to turn up at any park run in the country. Yeah, yeah. so you just turn up maybe 15 minutes or so beforehand. I always turn up incredibly early. I'm usually there before the people setting up. <laughs> setting up. So what, what do I do? I say, do you want any help setting up the course? And they say, yeah, please. And I know how to stick flags in the ground. Um so yeah, you you then run. Everybody sets off at nine. You hand your at the finish. You you're timed. You stay in position in a finish funnel, and you hand your own barcode to be scanned and your finish token to be scanned, and that just records your time and your position and everything else. And it's easy. Yeah, it's free. Brilliant. There's a brilliant website that will tell you where all the park runs are in the country, in the world, and how to register. Fantastic. And then tell us a little bit about Felfoot Park Run that is your local oh. one. Because I loved it that you were trying to set one up in in the South Lakes and we just couldn't find a park big enough. <laughs> At first I thought, why would people in the Lake District want to do Park Run anyway? You know, I'm surrounded by people who run around the Fairfield Horseshoe before breakfast. <laughs> um, so I thought for a few years, once I'd started doing it elsewhere, no, it's a silly idea. But then Felfoot became a, became apparent it was a good venue. And um, we gathered together this really disparate community of people who, because there isn't really a neighbourhood nearby to Felfoot. It's um, uh, just at the end of, of Windermere. So people came from all over the place, from Kendall and from Levens and from Ulverston. And um, we just got together and made it happen in the spirit of Park Run. And this was in 2014, we had our first one. We've had some great adventures. The first winter we had to stop completely because the, the meadow got so flooded. And then we thought, why are we bothering stopping? Let's, let's create an alternative course for the winter when we can't get through the, the floods. So we have this rather famous, crazy, four and a half lapper that goes round and round in figures of eight um and it's lovely you know it's a lovely atmosphere it's a beautiful setting and then uh, just recently i helped a group of people set up the new one in ambleside they only had six of those before uh, lockdown in rothay park where we did find that we could run around the park and an adjoining field and anybody living in Ambleside panicking, thinking, oh, it looks like they're building on it. No, they're creating a car park, but they are making our pathway around that car park still available. So 
Park Run in Rosse Park will be happening as normal. <laughs> and you don't need to put out these maps of doom or whatever it is that you were talking about. Doom, just, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, there's Winlatter, which is the Fell Runners Park Run. And so that's this is like, what, forest trails and hilly and... Oh, it's the hilliest in the country. Oh, probably. really? Yeah, in terms of um, overall ascent and descent, it, it's by several hundred metres, the, the the most extreme. And it's just wonderful because as a former fell runner, you know, you've just got this lovely, lovely scenery and then you can plummet downhill all the way to the finish. But it starts lower than where it finishes and it starts with a good half mile downhill. <laughs> so you then say, uh, uh-oh, <laughs> what's, coming, what's coming next? But it's gorgeous. It's lovely. And I love the um, section that you had about part run tourism like it sounded mm. like you were an accidental tourist because you'd just been going to ones when you were visiting your sons and things but but then there became some weird and wonderful challenges i still don't know what the pirate is or the bgs or anything oh, but I, I got the alphabet one but can you, <laughs> can you explain what we can do as part run yeah. tourists <laughs> the staying alive challenge is three b's and three g's and what am I so, doing? I have to go so with like the, the Burnley, name, first letter. Burnley, Bolton, Bradford, <laughs> um, Guernsey, Gunnersbury. Um, <laughs> what's that one in North Gladstone? So I've done the pirate. Uh, that's so that's the um, staying alive challenge. Staying alive. The pirates challenge is seven C's and an R. <laughs> so it's Cuerden, Coventry, whatever. And then, you know, and at the end. And, and there's these crazy people. This is the wonderful thing. Part one is full of very, very eccentric, crazy people. <laughs> there are some challenges which I don't even understand what they are. You know, the Wilson Index and the P Index. And um, they're really complicated. <laughs> but the alphabet is, is you know, straightforward. And um, there's no X anywhere in the world. There are Zs in Poland and there's a new Z in the Netherlands, but there's no Z in the UK. So, you know, people in the UK can do 24 letters of the alphabet. I have, obviously. And some people do them in order, but I don't think you did, did you? Ah, some people do them in order. The real nerds <laughs> do sort of, they would do, um, well, uh, they do, um, what, uh, what's it called in, in North London? Um, Ali Pali. They do Alexandra Palace before they did Ambleside. So, oh, you really? Know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's but, but then the trouble is they get, they get halfway through the alphabet and then there's a new A is, in, is created and then they have to start again. <laughs> I, did, I didn't no, do that. There must have been a lot of disappointed people when our local one, Bakewell, started. Because... Oh, there's loads of B. I think there's more Bs than anything. There's a lot of Bs and a lot of Hs. I've got quite a lot of both of those. Brilliant. I mean, in uh, Chloe, who's kind of watching us live um she's mentioned about christmas day because you haven't parked on christmas day don't you and that fancy dress park run um, <laughs> oh yeah it's it, it the best it's all, yeah, which again which is like as you talk about in the book and we've already meant it, it's like so religious isn't it you know like christmas day was always an important time in the church um it should be a joyful time and yeah people are then turning up together yeah. on christmas day yeah. in fancy dress yeah, yeah, yeah. And it mentions yeah. in the book that for some people this could be their only contact on Christmas Day. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. An important that, part. That's very important, not just on Christmas Day, but on, on any day. There are people who live on their own for whom it was a real point of contact. And one of my 
really dear friends at Fellfoot, um, a guy called John Nettleton, whom I got to know quite well, but it was after quite a long time I realised he was John Nettleton MBE for services to the Lake District National Park, uh, former mountain leader, mountain guide, uh, former competitor in all the big races like the Mountain Trial. And he died just before Christmas. He was 92 when he died. And um, until he was 90, he was still running. After that, he was just marshalling or tailwalking. Um, and his wife, she died a little bit before him, but for some years she'd been in a home. She had dementia and he was living on his own. And he used to say to me, Eileen, this is the highlight of my week. He loved Parkrun so much. And it was when he came together with all the, I mean, he has, he has a lovely family, but they don't live nearby. Um, and um, for him, this was his friendship group. And it, it was just wonderful. So I actually dedicated the book to his memory because he died just as we were finishing all the editing on it. And um, people like that, you know, it's an absolute lifeline. And that's why we have to get it back, that the last year has been too isolating for an awful lot of people. And it's very, very important. Yeah, in the back. book, as well as hearing about the weird and wonderful and eccentric <laughs> ones, there is also a lot, you put in quite a lot of research about the health benefits. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it seems to be prescribed by some GP surgeries and yeah, really been taken on board, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are GP practices now, I think maybe 1,500 of them around the country, which have signed up to become parkrun practices so that they are officially linked to their local parkrun and they will prescribe parkrun uh, instead of medication, you know, for people maybe with diabetes with people with weight problems with people depression with other mental health problems whatever um and our local one here in uh, ambleside the rothay park one of our run directors is, is one of the local gps you know and he's um he, he was really very much a, a driver in getting it set up there so it, it has a lot of benefits yeah brilliant and, and so you talk about it weird and eccentric i mean <laughs> As it's evolved, it has kind of changed in certain ways, and you're wearing a certain type of hoodie, aren't you, as well? So oh, there man. are. So the more you park runs you do, you do also get kind of rewards. So not only do you get printout results as well, but yeah. there are. Would yeah. that make it a little bit elitist, or is it? Because I know for a lot of people, and I've come across quite a few runners who are obsessed about that kind of fifty and a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the official part run milestones, you get a, a T-shirt when you've done 50, when you've done 100, and when you've done 250, and when you've done 500. But as aside from that, an unofficial group set up of park run tourists who um, created something called the cow cowl, and it's a buff, yellow and black with little black cows on it. And when you've done 20 or more different park runs, you can get one of these and you, you buy one. And it's not an official Parkland thing, but you'll see loads of people wearing them when you go to Parkland. And it means we recognise each other. Oh, you're a tourist. Oh, where are you from? You know, um, and that's how I've recruited a lot of my people to do the relay. And then um, you also want to become a member of the Cowell Club. The first couple to do 100 different Parklands were called, their surname was Cowell. Um, so when you've done 50 different park runs, you're a member of that, you're half cowl. <laughs> and 
get your full cowl when you've done a hundred and I think I've got my Ooh, yeah, oh, we can wow. see hundred venues. Wow. Hundred venues. So I've just and I, I was really, really lucky. I got to those hundred venues just before Christmas and I got to my two hundred and fiftieth overall before Christmas, just before lockdown. Whereas my lovely friend Sally Sally Ann Lambert, she'd done 99 part runs before lockdown. <laughs> She's been on the cusp of getting 100 for a whole year. It's going to be more after that, that 5th of June. <laughs> it's going to be. There's so many people like, but you know, we're all bonkers, but you know, the world's a nice place if people are bonkers, I think. <laughs> And it does talk Not about. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I think, I think it, yeah, yeah, it is a part. I met you up a mountain to read a book. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, I not, can't, we're not, we're not I here can't to philosophise about the ways of the world, but <laughs> a lot of problems in this world are caused because of, especially men's egos, you know. Yeah. And, and so, you know, but if you're a bit bonkers, then you don't really have that issue about yeah. egos, do you, really? Absolutely. I was going to say, there is kind of quite. It talks about, which I guess that other books won't have done, it talks about the impact that not having part run during this pandemic has been, which I guess is quite difficult to quantify at the moment what that impact is. But it just seems so heartbreaking where something that we know has such positive benefits has been taken away for like a whole year, is it, that we haven't been able to run part run? Yeah. Yeah, and, and 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 like we said before, it's not just the the running itself. It's coming together as a community, and people have suffered, and they found very interesting ways of of getting around it. You know, um, I've been running with my friend Joe from a different bridge every Saturday. We've done about goodness knows how many. I mean, maybe a forty odd different bridges from somewhere near Amberside. So not quite got your bridge T-shirt yet. <laughs> oh, Joe's got one. Joe got one. Yeah. Of course, uh, of course. Yeah, um, and then. Part Run itself realised that they have this database and this capacity to upload results. So they said you can go and run 5K any day of the week and upload your not Park Run results. And so people started doing this, but then they thought, oh, unlike Park Run, you can do it more than once. So now there are people doing seven not Park Runs a week and uploading their results, to, and they, they're published on the official Park Run website. And there's a group in, I think it's Whitney in Oxfordshire, and they are way out as champions. But, you know, it's it's, it's battle, it's fierce. This they're, is the most competitive, non-competitive thing I've ever heard. <laughs> absolutely fiercely competitive. You know, they're trying to get us. They've got, they have more people doing not Park Run than they ever have turning up to <laughs> Park Runs. Um, it's crazy, um, but you know, I, I was uh, I was fighting a little bit. There's a wonderful woman called Cecilia Flint who is one of our core volunteers at Fellfoot, and um, I was catching her. She was doing six not part runs a week, and I thought, right. <laughs> and then I got injured, so I've slipped behind a bit. <laughs> so. oh, oh dear. <laughs> but I hope we'll see you come and ha come and have a go. You know, when you're coming up to the lakes to do one of your ultra runs, come and have a little warm up round. I'm sorry, but I'd rather run 100 miles in the park. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we did one together. Um, we I've did, done Hallandshire. Uh, yeah, of course, park. Which gets a mention. I can't remember why. I think because one of the people that works for Park Run was doing that, and I've done pool. Was it? I went. I did I a did really one flat one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, so I've done more than you. I've done um, yeah. done Wimbledon, Bakewell. 
and Echoes. I think I've ended up on that's th- Hall- Hallam Show one, yeah. yeah done, done three. Oh, um, we're not going to get a t shirt in this. Anywhere near. <laughs> I loved hearing. So I have done a few pot runs, but I've never volunteered. Now, I have volunteered and marshaled at bell races which and other races, which I love, but there seem yeah. to be. People that just volunteer, they're not, they've never yeah. run, they just volunteer for part run. And I loved one of the quotes that you had in the book. Somebody had said that, I'm paraphrasing, but like, well, yeah, you can have a job and a career, but it won't be as rewarding as volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what is it about volunteering? And like, what can I volunteer to do at a part run? Um, well, you can help set up the course, which is my speciality because I'm quite an early bird and I like getting places early. I'm um, late. I'll warn you now. <laughs> we, we need we need marshals standing at key points, you know, to say turn left, turn right, um, and to shout very loudly, like get your knees up, get up that hill. Um, <laughs> we need a tail walker to go right at the back so that nobody is actually last, and just to make sure everybody gets around safely. And then we have timekeepers, we have barcode scanners, and we have a very important job called the funnel managers. Mm, there seem to and be it's a very important in the finished funnel book. that you stay in position. Okay. Now, that's not so critical at Felfoot where we have 200 or so runners, but at Bushy Park, they have sometimes 1,300. Um, and because there's no chip timing, so it's all done manually, you know, we, we scan, but everybody has to queue up and present their barcode. And this is really interesting about Parkrun. Um, they could have easily introduced a chip timing system, but they deliberately decided not to because the queuing up to present your number and, and wait, wait to be scanned is all part of the social experience. That's where you get to talk to the person in front of you. Um, or where you're you know, saying to somebody, oh, you did really well, or my watch stopped, what time did you do? And if you have a chip timing system, you cross the line and you just go. But because you have to stay and hand in your token and have it scanned before you'll get your official result, it's imp- really important from a social point of view. And I think that's absolutely fascinating that they deliberately, uh, they've got loads of other technology in place, but that particular aspect of it that they wanted to avoid so that people would hang around and stay together and speak to each other that's fantastic isn't it yeah it's really interesting yeah that it's it's not just set out to be a time trial this is about something else Absolutely. as well so what yeah. have you been your favorite park runs i, mean, I remember you saying was it edinburgh that had the biggest funnel <laughs> i didn't really understand what that was that, but i do yeah, now. that's the biggest one that I've <laughs> yeah because i helped help them there that was fascinating um, my, I, I mentioned in the book, my favourite of all was Mount Edgecombe, which is um, in Cornwall, just across the Tamar estuary from Devon. So you catch this little tiny ferry um, across the estuary and it's in the grounds. You start in the grounds of this beautiful stately home and then it's a real fell run. Of course, you go up through some amazing woods, um, fabulous view over Plymouth Sound and Drake's Island. And then a fantastic proper fell runners descent down through the woods. And it was one of those days, it was a glorious summer morning and we all sat out in the courtyard drinking coffee and tea afterwards and every, everything about it was perfect, you know. Um, I love Felfoot because it's my, my home one. I love Winlatter because it's just so, you know, it's so tough and so extreme. <laughs> but I love lots of them. It's really, really hard. I love lots of them. And how many have you done? 264. Uh, 260 something 
maybe 265 and I've done it in 104 different locations. Wow. A connoisseur. So, yeah, I mean, so we've been, I don't know if we've actually talked about, how did you get from like bell running <laughs> and, into, into some event like thinking, well, 5k round the park, round kind of, you know, bushy park. I mean, I've ran round bushy park. I have, yeah. I know you two were waxing a little about London and uh, the kind of park. And I have run around Bushy Park and it's a fast place. Yeah. I've done some training with some fast runners on there. Uh, yeah. But it's not, it's not the same as kind of running on the fells. If I had the choice between running no, on the fells. No. And or... I, I still run on the fells. You know, I run, I train on the fells. I mean, I live at the foot of Loughrigg and I go up there once a week. Um, but in terms of racing, I was getting slower and slower. And the last time I did the Loughrigg fell race, I wasn't last. I was second to the last behind an American partially sighted roadrunner who, who had a, a guide person on either side of him and was wearing road shoes. And he was about an hour behind me and it was gone dark by the time he got in. But otherwise I was last. And I was so far off the back of the pack. And I thought, well, what's the point of doing this? You know, if you're in a if you're in an event, you want to know where you are in relation to everybody else. Mm. And then I kept thinking about the poor marshals hanging around on the summit, thinking, where the blooming hell's Eileen, you know. <laughs> um, and so I thought, it's not fun anymore. I used to love doing fellow. I was always quite near the back, but there was always somebody I could have a bit of a challenge with. And then my sister, who took up running very late on, she was in her 50s before she even ran a, a single step, and became incredibly good. But she discovered Park Run at Heaton Park, where we grew up, and said, you must come along and try it. And I just love the atmosphere of it. And the fact that I wasn't actually last, but by a long, a long, long way, I wasn't last. And there were people I could have a go and try and catch up with. So, yeah, I still do all my training on the fells. But to have that opportunity once a week to be amongst people, to be that, is that come back to that thing about being part of something bigger than yourself mm. um, and to find different ones, you know, yeah, that some of them are fast and flat in the sort of thing you do your speed training on, on tarmac. Um, but there are some beautiful ones through woodland and hilly ones and riverside and lakeside, gorgeous. Um, and it's just being part of it. So, that's how it happened, really. But, yeah, I mean, I still love running on the hills, but I'm just far too slow to, to feel it. I don't, I don't need to, to race the fells anymore, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some fantastic photos of you. There's one. I don't know which fell race that is. It's a Coniston, I it think. An, oh, well. Kind of some... Tough the, mountain one. Yeah. In your I, oh, yeah. yeah it shorts. might be Winlatter Park Run, actually, looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> The mountain one is from, that's from the Pete Hartley book. You know, the book that Steve Chilton and Dick Denisa brought out. And it's on, it says on the prison band. Oh. And so that must have been the Coniston Fell race. Mm. I don't even remember Pete taking that picture. But yeah, that's when it was back a long, long time ago. You still wear the red shorts for your part run? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that short. Those were the oh no, that's Marcus's favourite subject, oh, chatting about short oh, shorts for running and so how it's not like that anymore. <laughs> I tell you, get back to the 90s and 80s when we had proper <laughs> short show your legs. We're getting some great comments coming in, those who are joining us live on YouTube. Yeah, uh, we've got, hi Ed. How are we Ed doing Ed? He says, so looking forward to getting back to Felfoot Park Run, even nostalgic for the winter course. <laughs> so you obviously got flippers and snorkels ready there. 
fight. <laughs> We've got a new challenge, I think, from Chloe Mason. She says, I've only, she's did a part run in the morning and a fell race then at lunchtime, but she said she only did this uh, once because it was good. so tough. <laughs> that would be nice. And then Steve's given us a comment that said that his sister did couch to 5k to start running when she was in her 60s and he just didn't think that she would have done it if it wasn't for part run to aim for. So that's really showing how encouraging it is. And I guess we hadn't really talked about that, but the app couch to 5k is just so popular and well known and it really just leads you into doing a part run, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So is what how do you see the future of, of park runs? Do you think every kind of town, every village, every city? Because I mean some cities, you know, like we're saying, like I'm talking about London, um, um, have got several park runs happening, isn't there? Do you, you know, are, are we looking at thirty or thirty or forty in London, in Greater London? So, there we go, Chloe, that's a challenge for you. We're never all the same time, aren't we? You can't, yeah, kind of they go, can't do that. Can't do stagger ones. Yeah. Week at a time. Week at a time. It's called it's it's called Lun Done. When you've done all the London ones, it's of course, Lund, of course, D O N E. And do you have to do it in like Alpha, no, or older they were set up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is London. it with stats and part runs? Is it? Yeah, just, I know. Just, I've never known a race like it. Well, this this I actually invented a challenge which has become. There's a, a couple who do. It's not an official part run thing, but um, I, it is has been adapted so that you can add this um, extension, a Chrome extension to your results, and you get your Pirates Challenge and you get your Alphabet Challenge. And I invented one, which is the Name Challenge, and I suddenly thought, I wonder if I've done part runs in all the letters of my name. So I, E for Eileen, I've done Edinburgh, I've done Inverness, I've done Lytham. And then I thought, oh, I haven't done all... I haven't, but then I just suggested it as a kind of throwaway remark. And the next thing is, there it is, as an official challenge. <laughs> so, you know, I go through people's names. Jen, well, I've done Jersey, Jersey <laughs> Edinburgh, Nobles, that was on the Isle of Man. Um, yeah, I've done lots of S's. I've done Sewer B and, and so on, you know. So you can, I've done lots of other people's names, but not my, I've got to do two more E's before I've done my Eileen Yeah, films. you've got a bit of a disadvantage with all those E's. Yeah. Fine. Too many vowels. <laughs> and just well, we've just put up the book cover again. Um, is there a story behind the front cover? How was that chosen? We've got some people, which I yeah. think are, are they the same people? <laughs> They're the same people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I got some ideas. I wanted to have a you know a pretty bright coloured photograph on the cover and I showed it to my family and my younger son David said that's absolute rubbish mum it's not got any impact it's not got any dynamism and he sent me the the famous um, outline of the ascent of man you know from the yep. figures yeah. and said you need something like that and in his original sketch the final person who was upright was getting a barcode scanned at, at the part <laughs> room anyway I needed to put that into some sort of design format so um, a friend from Felfoot who's actually living out of the area at the moment Laura McGuigan she's really good at this photographic technique of, of multiple layers so I gave it to her she came up with the photograph itself and then a woman called Ellen Longhorn who's a designer based in Windermere put the whole thing into a cover and I, I insisted that we had apricot, which is the T-shirt, the part one T-shirt colour on the spine and on the back. Um, so it was a kind of um, organic process, really. And so it's Laura and Dave. 
twice and they are on the beach at Woolacombe Dunes in Devon which is where one of the very very toughest part runs is there's a is this the one on the sand oh, on the sand hills yeah they have the they have the dune of doom <laughs> Oh, for all those out there who are training for math and Saab, get yourself down there. But don't just do one park run. I think the challenge would be to do kind of like five back to back. So you kind of do it. Well, then you have to spell out like marathon Sable is another challenge. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh no, what have we done now? Inspire me. I might have a look at some of the Derbyshire ones and see yeah. when they start up yeah. if I should. Well, the, 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 we do have one literally just five minutes away yeah. down at Bakewell. That's on an that. old railway line, like an out and back. June the 5th, you get down there June the 5th. Yeah. I'm I'll, hoping I'll that you're going to be a tourist and come and do some of ours and see us when we're yeah, alive. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to. So I'll be looking out for your names in the results because, of course, there's, there's, that's the other there are no secrets about part run, and for years and years and years, I've lied about my age. And I, just, I used to say that once you got to sixty, you could start counting backwards. So I'm actually only fifty-two now. But part run has got you in age categories in five-year gaps. So everybody in the world can look at my age category and think, "Oh well, she's older than she claims." Um, and you get kind of quite proud of it, you know, like when I said in the book, I went to do the part run at Old Deer Park near Richmond and I was first Old Deer. I was first in my <laughs> So I thought that was quite nice. Really. I mean, you talked about there was, uh, was somebody like 105 that was still running in the book. There were the people yeah. that you've mentioned at Felfoot that were, I mean, it's just fantastic stories. Um, but then also junior part run and kids coming yeah. and how yeah. it's become a real family activity. Yeah, because yeah, that's what we've not talked about junior park run, isn't it? So we had, so like I was saying, like, where does park run go, you know, because it's yeah. bigger and bigger. Yeah. So what's, for those again, well, they, they, have se- they have separate events on not in every venue. Um, there is one in Keswick, I think, um, on Sunday mornings, which are just two k for for, for for kids to run on their own if they want. Mm. But children of any age are accepted and welcomed at the main ones. But until you're eleven, you have to run with a responsible adult. So you can run along. You know, as soon as you can walk, you can toddle along beside your mum or dad. Um, but I've been to part rooms where be, be at the briefing beforehand when they welcome everybody and some guy just said, excuse me, but can I ask, is there anybody here who can get round in about 23 minutes? Because my little lad here is much faster than me. And so, you know, and he was only eight and he had to be with a responsible adult. So they found this guy to run with him and, and dad <laughs> would take <laughs> you know. uh, But yeah, I mean, Paul St. His ambition is, is, you know, to take over the world. You know, it's going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's no reason why not, because it's free and it's all run by volunteers. And, um, you know, there's no sign of it fragmenting. So, And it has challenged, hasn't it, like the use of public spaces? Because there was that case in Bristol where yeah. they wanted to stop the park run. Was it charged? They did. Yeah. They did. Yeah, they, they wanted to charge. Um, and so it actually stopped. That, that, that's the only one that I know of where a local council has um, forced the closure of a park run because park run said, no, we're not paying this. It's free forever for everybody. That is the bottom line. So if you're going to have to pay to use the land, there's not going to be a park run there. Um, 
but mostly, you know, parks, recreation grounds, open spaces, canal, towpaths, old railway lines, like you say, near yours. Mm. Um, there is there is plenty of open space. I, I can't go anywhere now without thinking, oh, that would make, oh, we could do a good park run. <laughs> Measuring your laps <laughs> around your um, little park. I, I go I go places and I think, oh, I'll just run around this park and see how many times it would be, we get to 5K, how many laps I'd have to do and... Oh, and yeah. what's the most laps that a park run would have to be? Is the one that is the kind of ten laps of a little park? No, they they, they don't thing. really like you going more than four. Um, there are two five lappers that I know of. One is at Mile, uh, sorry, at uh, Highbury Fields in London, where you go five times round this sort of oblong of grass, and it's quite useful if it's winter because you can take a finger out of your glove each time you get to another <laughs> lap done. Um, and the other one is Millen um, in Cumbria, which is five laps of the muddiest field in the entire universe. Uh, and it's, it's renowned and kind of loved in inverted commas for being so dire. But I'm told that they are doing something with the ground and, you know, draining it a bit. So it'll spoil it somehow. <laughs> might, might lose that mud appeal. Lose the claim to be the muddiest, grimmest part <laughs> So where are you going to be on the 5th of June? Are you... Felfoot. And are you going to be running or volunteering? I'll be volunteering. Um, I'll, do, I'll do anything and everything because we will need more volunteers. When we start up again, it's going to be a little bit different. We'll have to keep people a little bit more spaced out and there'll be slightly different scanning procedures. Um, and I'm just happy to get back there and uh, and be part of it. So for the first one, I'll be volunteering and Sally my friend Sally will be running at her 100 so oh yeah she knew <laughs> and do you think after lockdown there's going to be well I guess there might be initially some people a bit wary of going to such large events but do you think all these people that have taken up running in lockdown just means that it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger yeah absolutely yeah you're quite right there will be people um who are anxious you know, and it the whole of the, the pandemic phase has brought out different things in different people, you know. I mean, I still know people who will cross Compton Road in Ambleside because they think if you look at them, they'll catch COVID. It, it, people have got different anxiety levels about mm -hmm. it. Um, so, yes, yeah, some people will stay away. Um, I just can't wait to get back there. It's, it's far more important for everybody's physical and mental health. I think the statistically the risks are far greater to the, the nation's health for other reasons and we need to get it back as quickly as we can so yeah fingers crossed Aww. fingers crossed for the 5th of june yeah, yeah. We're all kind thank of, you everything's crossed don't we? um so is there anybody wants to get hold of the book how do they get hold of the book is it doing um, under that what horrible it, well ignore what it said on amazon today which was that they'd run out of stocks and there wouldn't be any till the 20th of april that's not true there are that's brilliant news that's the kind of news you want isn't it the distributors are sending them another batch today they've got they've got plenty at amazon you can buy it what's really nice if you can buy it through um bookshop Org, which is the independent booksellers collective and also through the publisher gritstone which is a cooperative um and if you do it through gritstone you get a signed copy so oh, got a so look on their look on their um on their website gritstone publishing and you can order it direct through there as well brilliant and if we've inspired anybody to get involved in parkrun they just go and google google park yeah Run. yeah yeah and then sign up get your barcode it is good fun i mean i've 
taken my kids to Bakewell a couple of times, and even my son, who was diagnosed with diabetes, um, kind of four or five months afterwards, he went and smashed his parkrun PB. He was yeah. like, Dad, I want to go and do that. And I, I paced uh, him. I kind of dragged but... him along for about 21 minutes. He and wasn't... then he left you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, but he did actually because I had uh, I'd done a race, I think, the week before. I don't know if I wasn't quite 100%. And he, yeah, the last 200 metres, he outkicked yeah. me. And I was like... Looking at my 15 year old son as if so. Well, we'll be checking the results because apparently you can't hide. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank thank you for inviting me. Just really lovely to talk to you both. It sounds like there's been lots of people that just can't wait for Parkrun to get back um, and just, yeah, they've missed it. So I love that this book was really about a celebration of just how much it had touched so many people's lives. It's really, really fantastic to read. Have you, have you got plans for any more books as well? Because you said you've written one ages ago. Yeah, got a couple of ideas. Oh, excellent. <laughs> nice teaser to end on there. Excellent. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll end on that, that teaser note there. Well, thank you so much. Thank uh, you for, so much. And I'm sure I'll see you at a um, Swallows and Amazons themed reading <laughs> soon. But thank you for joining us. Good night. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there we go. Inspired to go and just run. I am all volunteer. That sounded just as fun and just as much cake. (laughs) (laughs) Cake is always important. There's a whole chapter about cake. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for those who have joined us live this evening. Um, It's great having you along. If you're listening to us um, on podcast, if you're taking us out for a run, I hope you've enjoyed our company. And if you've liked the podcast, uh, please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you're watching us back on YouTube, um, please kind of click the like button and uh, hit the subscribe if you're not already a subscriber to keep up to date with what videos we've got coming up and uh, what Claire's posting as well. And who have we got next week? Next week, we're kind of... We're going global, aren't we, next week? Oh, are we talking to Mike Wardian? We are talking to Mike (laughs) Wardian next week, one of the kind of ultra-running superstars. So we've got Mike coming on, a little kind of pre-Easter. And, um, yeah, it's the official end of our Scotney takeover, but we might have a bit of news of what's going to be happening (laughs) after Easter. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you've had a great evening. Stay safe and uh, get ready to get out to Parkrun in June. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. 
And if you appreciate listening and all the information that I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.